Hey, what up, Long Beach? And we're back. Does anybody else remember that Saturday Night Live skit? With, and we're uh, back. Jimmy Fallon. It was like the classic AM radio. Uh, we are back from the winter break here at the 562.org, bringing you everything Long Beach sports. We are continuing to do that at the website and on this podcast where we might as well just kick it old school and do a little AM radio style and talk about some of the teams that are making these local games more interesting. Usually we're talking about the front runners, but we've got some underdogs you guys need to keep an eye on. So we will cover all of that on this episode. As always, I'm JJ. He's Mike. He's Tyler. We've no. got... No, what? no, we're, we're doing, doing we're, we're doing talk radio nicknames today, oh. baby. <laughs> new year, new year, new me. What do, what do you Same got? Me, though. What do you what do you what do you got? I, I'm I'm Mad Dog. I'm I'm Dibs Mad Dog. Big fan <laughs> of Mad Dog, and I, I do. Tyler already has one. We've been calling him Top Out Tyler for fucking yeah. ten years. So. I'll be Top Out Tyler. <laughs> who we're really missing though? Who we're really missing is the person in the city with the best. AM radio shock jock name Rob Shock in the morning. That is true. That's an old school one. That's a, I'll go with. If you school. get Rob to replace me, I will be the guy who hits the sound effect buttons happily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be Slim. You guys can just get. You guys can just call me Slim. Now this is Slim's dog of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we're obviously doing all the local sports stories at the562.org that you can check out right now. But, Mike, we're also still producing weekly stories with the Long Beach Post. Yeah, we took a couple weeks off, man. Nice to be back out covering games. Good to, good to see you guys again. Uh, took a couple weeks off for the Post, but we've got some great stuff going up there again at the end of this week. JJ's got an LBUSD story. Tyler's got a, a very cool restaurant bar story that I'm excited to see. And I'm doing a profile actually on a local rapper uh, who also played football in the Moore League. So excited to uh, to get that up and share. I like getting to write about music and writers and stuff other than sports every now and then. So it's been fun to get to do that this week. And then uh, back to school board meetings for me next week. Slim and top out Tyler. <laughs> the Mad Dog rules the school board. Mad Dog <laughs> coming live from the board. Woof, 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 woof. Woof, 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 woof. Uh, also, you guys, uh, listener, longtime listeners to our show uh, already know this, but the five six two everything that we do, it's we're a nonprofit news outlet, pretty unique here. Uh, we must say, not not a lot of places around the country have local news that's nonprofit that's by local writers. Uh, writing about local athletes and students and everything else. We're very proud of that. Uh, and we thank the community for allowing us to continue uh, to do the work that we do. So if you're a fan of the 562 and the work that we do, uh, go on our website, the562.org, click that support tab, and there's a lot of different ways that you can support the work that we have. We got to thank all of our sponsors across the various schools and sports that we cover. Um, of course, Naples Drip Company, sponsor of everything that we do. Um, so thank you to everyone for your support. Um, and if, if you're a fan, get involved because we definitely need as many people to support the work that we do and to continue to get out to more games. There's so many great games to cover and only three of us. I do want to do one additional sponsor shout out, which is that two of our sponsors could be teammates. John Ross uh, signing a future reserve contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jordan alum, who is the sponsor of all of our Jordan coverage, uh, could be joining current Kansas City Chief Juju Smith-Schuster, a Poly alum who is also one of the two sponsors of our Poly coverage, along with his teammate, Jayon Brown, who uh, Juju was part of that huddle that did the merry-go-round huddle against Jayon Brown's Raiders 
uh, to <laughs> last weekend. Uh, so, you know, that's life in Long Beach, man. You just uh, kind of swimming in NFL dudes and uh, very excited for Rossi to, uh, to get another crack at the league. Much deserved. And he would be lethal in that Chiefs offense. No doubt. And while Long Beach does a great job of producing professional talent, uh, you do not have to be a pro athlete to support the work at the 562. We do appreciate it. And it's awesome to see uh, kids that we cover uh, come back to support our work, but uh, not a requirement in order to be a sponsor. So don't feel, um, you know, don't feel like that you can't contribute just because you can't run a 41840. <laughs> yeah, sticking with the AM radio theme here. We need a lot of long time first time. We need a lot of longtime listeners to the pod, people who are enjoying the coverage, to be first-time donors to the 562.org. Um, and like I said at the top, we are going to be talking about a lot of the underdogs. And we do also feel like that, like Tyler said, you know, not a lot of people doing what we're doing, but we do believe it is the future. And uh, anybody who is successful was at one point an underdog. And there's a lot of teams in the local area right now who are feeling that. I think we should start with basketball because both boys and girls basketball in Long Beach has been very interesting so far. Mike, Tyler, you guys were at some great games on Monday. You guys were at some great games back in December as well. Are there teams and stories that you guys have your eye on that you think is going to explode here in January and be stuff we're writing about a lot? Uh, I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> well, well, I have a listen. There's, there's so many, there's just so many teams that, you know, I think we, we, we kind of talked about it off air, right? But like every boys basketball team in the more league, is flawed in some way or another. There's no like perfect team that's going to run away with this thing, we think. But at the same time, Jordan, after their win over Wilson on Monday, they are unbeaten, still very early. They're 4-0 in the league. Um, but on any, it's just an any given night league this year. And we genuinely walk into the gym and don't know how the game's going to go. Yeah. We didn't know how it was going to go between Jordan and Wilson. We didn't know how it was going to be between Jordan and Polly, between uh, Lakewood and Wilson, between Wilson and Polly. It's like every game is entertaining. Milliken could get up there and beat teams. Cabrillo's much improved. It's just so fun that, you know, it's up in the air every time you go to the gym. We're, we're pretty smart, and we cover these teams and can usually have an idea of who's going to win. But it's nice that we go in saying, I have no idea how this is going to play out. It's fun for us. We have no rooting interest, so we just get to watch and be fans and then report it to everybody at home. It's a little unusual. I mean, the Poly Boys basketball team has won the Moore League Championship the last 13 years. Um, we've been yeah. around. This is our 15th season, so Jordan won the first one, uh, and then Polly's won every one since then or shared it. Um, and it's very different this year. I think Polly is in uh, basically in like a fourth-place spot, third, fourth-place spot right now with two losses. Tyler mentioned Jordan alone atop. And if you look at the CIF rankings this week, it's very clear, like, this is the year of the uh, of the underdog, so to speak. You've got that Jordan team is number four in Division 4A. The Wilson team is number six in Division 4AA. Cabrillo, who's not made the playoffs in uh, a decade plus, is ranked number seven in Division 5AA, if they can get there. Um, so this is a really, really exciting year. Teams who we haven't gotten to give as much love to. Um, are making big things happen. And as Tyler said, if you look at like the top five teams in the league, you know, Milliken hasn't knocked one of the other top five teams off yet, but they were really close right there with Wilson. Um, and shoot, uh, Jackson Chris, I just got the text from uh, Curtis Boyer, the Milliken coach, Jackson Chris against Compton last night had 19.17 rebounds and 20 blocks. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's crazy. 
craziest stat line we've seen in the more league since Jordan Bell's uh, 15 block performance against Jordan back in the day. So yeah, that I, that's for sure. The storyline for me is it's so fun. And you know, look, we have coaches or people complain about like, Oh, you guys just show up and cover Polly for boys basketball. And it's like, what do you want us to do, man? Like I, I, we didn't choose from to win 13 league championships in a row. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but if that's who the top team in the city is for a decade plus, that's what the deal is. But it's been really fun for us to cover a Wilson Jordan game with huge stakes. Like we got to see in Jordan on Monday night or, uh, or this Jordan Lakewood game coming up later this week with huge stakes, a poly Millican boys games got big stakes on Wednesday as both those teams are kind of trying to stay in the title hunt and not pick up a third loss. So very, very exciting on the boys uh, basketball side for sure. Well, and, and you hope that this will translate to the postseason, given the fact that it looks like we're going to be, we're going to see teams that are going to be towards the top or among the seeded teams in their respective divisions, but they're going to be so battle-tested. You don't get to just take games off. You know, you're going to be playing two, three really competitive games every week, and that, I think, is just going to set you up for the grind of the postseason where you never know when you're going to get a a different whistle that you're not used to and you're going to have to adjust to that, or you've got a crazy student section that you've got to deal with or a long road trip or the shots just aren't falling tonight, or whatever it is, you have to be able to navigate that in the postseason. And I think if your league schedule, there's kind of two ways we see teams make runs to championships. Either they dominate the league and they clearly have all the best talent, or they come out battle-tested and really had to grind through and are ready to go and win four four or five games in a row in the playoffs. So um, I'm optimistic about what the basketball teams can do. But for now, it's like we're only four games in. We're not even to the halfway point of the league schedule, so we just get to enjoy right. it the rest of the way. It's also another AM radio reference. If you guys listen to Petros and Money, they did this interview a long time ago with Coach Jim Herrick, who made his uh, made his way through the NCAA coaching ranks as one of the best. And he always says, like, one guy, like one guy on a basketball team can just change everything. Well, that is exactly what we've got here in More League Boys Basketball. Every team seems to have one guy who can just take a game over and is worth the price of admission. Obviously, you guys, that's got to start with Giovanni Ruff at Long Beach Poly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is uh, the highest ranked player we've had in the city, actually, uh, in, in a while. I mean, he's ranked higher than Peyton Watson was as a sophomore. Um, very, very uh, good player. Definitely uh, not had a great start to the league season um, so far. I think teams obviously very much keying their defense on him. I'm excited to see what they come out looking like uh, now that they seem to have had, I mean, you know, it's a very young team had a lot more games together and certainly some of their games over the break would suggest that they have started to figure it out. They'd had the thing they'd had before of like, again, three really close losses with teams that are ranked way higher than any of the teams in the more league at the Damian classic. Uh, But then at the take flight challenge, they played Sage Hill and beat them by, I think 44 points. Um, scored 77, which is not something they've really been doing regularly. And, um, I was texting with head coach Shelton Diggs about it. He said, the guys, he's, I know that they're sort of turning a corner cause he's downplaying it. You know what I mean? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, some of the guys are starting to figure it out. I was like, okay, so we'll, we'll see what happens when you come back out in league play. Uh, but obviously it's nice to start with a Giovanni rough in a sport where there's only five guys on the court uh, for a team at any given time. And it's nice to have a player of that caliber to start things off. Yeah. And how, how weird would it be for Polly to be riding a 13 consecutive league championship streak and then people would be sleeping on them. 
So definitely don't do that because there's too much talent and too I'm much not accepting any blankets sleeping on us from Long Beach Poly. I'll tell you that right now. You know, no, I mean, <laughs> but I'm saying, if, like, you know, obviously, like you said, Mike, not the start that they were looking for in league, but still so early and still so much uh, sure. improvement that can happen with a young team that's learning to play together. So do not turn the page on Long Beach Poly in this boys' basketball season for sure. And then, you know, we saw it last night. I mean, at Wilson, they've got, you know, Sean Oliver, one a great senior, but also Keon Young played really great, um, even though he, you know, was under the weather, not necessarily at full strength for the Bruins, but they've got quite a one-two punch that's a tough matchup. And then Jordan, it's kind of any given night. They've got a really good experienced backcourt. Sometimes it's Dennis Redmond that kind of takes over the scoring. Uh, last On Monday, it was Franklin Chambers that was kind of the go-to guy that really kept them in that game. We've seen Kane Young be able to fill it up. So, um, yeah. And then Davion Chisholm, I think, is probably the best uh, on-ball defender in the league. Um, As just a sophomore, yeah. You know, yeah, but he really is – he is a legit defender. I love watching uh, a guy who takes pride in defense play, which he does for sure. But for me, the guy at Jordan's Frankie Chambers. I, you know, when he's going, Tyler, that's the guy that gets the other guys going, you know, in the mm-hmm. games of theirs that I've seen. And um, and he was the one he, – he kind of flipped the switch last night, and that was when the rest of the team kind of flipped the switch after that. Wilson and Jordan are matchup nightmares for whoever find them in the first two rounds of these CIF playoffs that are coming up. I, if I'm, if I'm Anaheim, you know what I mean? If I'm Linwood, I do not want to see those teams at all, especially a physical force like a Sean Oliver. Uh, speaking of underdogs, and this is a perfect transition into the coaches of the Moore league. We've got a story up right now on Chris Francis. You guys may remember him from his time at Milliken, and now he is at Jordan, basically using the same formula to get a team going and a program going once again. He's one of our favorite guys to cover because you really never know what you're going to get from him unless you're asking how he wants his team to play because that's always been the same. It's fast. It's fierce. It reminds me of those Shaka Smart teams from VCU. Just havoc and let slip the dogs of the full court press. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and and well said. You could see, and Mike and I were talking about it during the game because Wilson did a good job of keep, keeping the pace where they wanted it in the first half. But then it's so easy to get drawn into faster tempo, trying to take the, those opportunities to get those quick shots, uh, and, and you can fall into bad habits. And that's exactly what Jordan was able to do to them in the second half was to get the pace where they wanted it, and right. they were able to. You know, Chris Francis said, "Sometimes we're going to take bad shots." because we're going fast, but that's okay because the pace in the long run will favor us. And that's ultimately what happened to allow them to win the game. And so now the challenge is on Lakewood, someone, a team that I think a lot of people thought might be the more league champion this year favorites. They're certainly among the contenders still. Um, sure. And so that they have a chance to really make a statement. If they go into J town and win all of a sudden we're looking at Lakewood and like, all right, you know, they've, they've, you know, missed some, they had some games without some of their key players, but they're very experienced. They've got like the backcourt, you know, Chris Willis, um, uh, Mason Pacheco, and then you've got uh, Alex Obi, who's a really uh, talented and long player. Um, that's a, a tough matchup on both ends of the floor. So, I mean, like we were saying, it's really up for grabs for a lot of different teams. I'm excited to see how it's going to go. That Lakewood creativity off the bounce was really a huge reason why they were able to beat Polly last late last year. Um, and it's it's again the case. So uh, exciting stuff over there at Lakewood. You know, you go to girls basketball and it's kind of the same thing, right? The middle of the girls basketball standings in the Moore League are closer 
than they've ever been since we started covering local sports. We are getting better girls basketball games from the Wilsons and the Lakewoods and the Millicans than I think we ever have. Would you, would you guys agree? Yeah, and I think the other thing that's exciting there, I mean, you just mentioned it. Yes, we we covered a Wilson-Jordan girls game last night, five-point game, really, really exciting game. Anyone's game down the stretch, um, which honestly just haven't really seen a lot of games like that. It's usually a pretty structured tiers in the more league for girls basketball. Polly by themselves, then Milliken by themselves, then Wilson by themselves, then Lakewood by themselves. This year, um, there's a it, there's a lot more parity in the middle, as you mentioned. Um, teams beating Milliken that ha- are, have not been in the habit of beating Milliken. Jordan almost beating Wilson. This is a Jordan team that hasn't been in the playoffs in a decade. Um, and then with the other thing that's exciting we have on Thursday, sort of a different look for that title fight. Uh, Lakewood undefeated, Polly undefeated in league. Lakewood number two in their division in CIF and absolutely capable of making some noise if they get into the playoffs, which we certainly expect them to. But uh, very excited to see how that game goes at uh, at Lakewood on Thursday. That's a rescheduled game that uh, they weren't able to play in December. Um, so excited to see how that goes. And, you know, one of those teams will be alone in first place at the end of that. that and that's fun. We just, like you said, Jay, it's like it's just stuff that we're not used to writing about because the fact of the matter is, and y'all know, anytime anyone asks us to predict anything, we don't do predictions, we don't do rankings. But if someone says to me, like, gut feeling, who do you think is going to win? My answer is almost always, like, who won last year? Is high school sports? Yeah. <laughs> it it doesn't tend to be the big upsets, the Rudy moments, those, those movie moments. It tends to be the team that's won the championship a bunch of times in a row usually wins it another year in a row. <laughs> I think it also must be said that a lot of these underdogs and surprising stories and games that used to not be close or close again has a is the huge reason for that is the freshmen and the underclassmen who are coming into these programs. We're seeing a lot of kids for the first time where we're like, wow. And to be honest with you, we weren't saying wow to freshmen in the Moore League for quite a stretch there. Uh, a couple of years ago, we were just kind of looking at everybody being senior heavy. And as much as that's good, it also isn't a good sign for the future. But if you're looking at the future of these leagues, specifically basketball and soccer here in Long Beach, you've got to say it's bright because of the ninth graders we're seeing, both because of how they're making their teams better, but just their overall physical skill. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think across the board, JJ, in, in a number of different sports, like there are a ton of exciting athletes that we, you know, we want to see develop and grow and hopefully stay in Long Beach. I know that's kind of a football conversation usually with like the transfers and, you know, you know, kids going to different areas and stuff Yeah, um, because it's kind of the biggest money sport. But um, would love to see, you know, these young athletes hopefully st- selfishly for us. I mean, obviously, you know, athletes got to do what's best for them and their families and their lives. Uh, but selfishly for us, we want all of the Long Beach kids and the the top talent to stay here, so we get to watch them and cover them, and then hopefully it makes the the teams better. And um, would would definitely love to see that. Um, I, I know there's there's a couple that you've covered recently, Jay, where you're like excited to tell us about. Oh man, there's this there's this freshman at Lakewood or, or you know whatever. So um, that's well, let's talk about fun. girls soccer. I mean, geez, you, yeah. you want to talk about two of the best freshmen we've seen in quite some time, Jage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, over at Wilson, the Fontenot sisters, um, you know, they're the type of kids who you're waiting for them to show up in the season. You're like, where are they? And the answer is United States national team training camps. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just like a different level, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, to be at. 
And uh, and yeah, we like the first game we saw them play against uh, at Wilson at home or excuse me, against Polly at Wilson. Uh, you know, all of us kind of looked at each other this, as soon as uh, Zoe touched the first ball. And we were like, oh, OK, that just looks different. Like the way she's moving her body looks different on the field compared to some of these other high school athletes, which, yeah, that's just that's just not been the case. And in boys soccer, really, maybe the underdog story of the season could be Lakewood boys soccer. They uh, weathered the storm as it were on Monday night with the rain and the wind and all that stuff to go to Milliken and beat the Rams, the battle of the blueprint rivalry, beat the Rams for the first time since 2016 uh, head coach, Alex Diaz has taken a great, has done a great job taking that program and building it incrementally season by season. This is the first time he's beat Milliken. So they celebrated as such after that match, this is a huge week for them. They play second place Cabrillo on Wednesday. They play third place or excuse me, fourth place Polly on uh, on Friday. So if they can get six points coming out of this week, they're going to be either first or second place in the league, which is massive for them. You know, not a lot of success over there for Lakewood boys soccer to speak of uh, in recent years, but they've got something cooking. And like you said, Tyler, freshman Michael Gutierrez is, uh, is special, man. He's a lefty. He's a true nine, which means he's the striker. He plays on the top. He does a great job of holding the ball up, but he's also got enough pace to beat kids one-on-one. His goal to equalize against Milliken on Monday night was a howitzer. Lefty from like 35 yards out up into the upper V um, into the far side netting. You know, a goal which you would see in the professional ranks and be impressed by. And, uh, and this ninth grader tucked it away with class and clinical precision there on Monday night to uh, to really, it was like a season changing goal. You know what I mean? Sometimes in yeah. soccer, you can see that coming and sometimes it shocks you. And it was shocking to see that goal go in early in the second half. And as it did, I was thinking, you know, this really could change everything. And ultimately it did because Lakewood goes on to win that game. And uh, they, they remind me a lot of the Leicester City team a couple of years ago that shocked the world and won the EPL because they're hardworking. They've got a really good coach who now with a little bit more information about the league can pre prepare himself a little bit better. And then they've just got a really electric nine. They've got a guy up top who can really do it. So instead of a Jamie Vardy party, it's more like a Michael Gutierrez fiesta. <laughs> I, li I like that. that. Do either of you know the last time Lakewood boys soccer won the more league title? I, w I was looking for it last night, to be honest with you, and I have it. Hold on. You guys keep talking and I'll find I it. I have it. No, no, no. I have Go it. For it. Go for it. It was 1988-89. They, sh they shared the championship with Wilson. They also, in 82-83, shared the championship with Milliken. Those are the only two league championships in Lakewood boys soccer history, and they were both shared, and they were both in the 80s. <laughs> Man, I was so I was not alive when Lakewood won uh, their last boys soccer more league championship. That's great. Compton High School wild. won a more league boys soccer championship more recently than Lakewood. Wild, okay. wild stuff. Yeah, they like I said, like Leicester City, like they're perfectly built. Their style is the right style to like climb up this league ladder and and stay up there because they're just so hardworking and they've got this energy about them that's it's palpable man i spent the first half on their sideline and i wanted to get out there and play in the second half because it's just a lot of energy even in the rain huh even uh, in the rain i wanted to ask when's the last time lakewood and cabrillo played a first place game that you guys can really think of like it's just it, that you're i think saying it, you're saying you're saying in any sport or in any sport yeah in any sport it just speaks to kind of the parody of boys soccer and, and of this season that those two teams 
this is not week one of the one season. of the years that Cabrillo one of the years that Cabrillo won the co-ed more league boys badminton more co-ed more league badminton championship Lakewood was third and that's when you know so you're that, dialed so in when we're so dropping badminton on so your it's ass possible that when they met you know okay. both teams were undefeated but that's literally the only one I could think of in any sport in our 15 years it's somewhat anecdotal, I guess, because like we're picking programs that may not be strong in the same areas. But yeah, it yeah, just yeah. goes to show you, it's, like we said, we're talking about schools and matchups that we don't always get out to and get to see. And, and it just speaks to how unique it's been this year and how balanced. So it, it just makes it more fun for everybody. And, and and so many more teams. It's like with playoff expansion, right, where they like they we, we want more fan bases engaged. Yep. We want more people thinking they're going to go to the playoffs or we need every team to be bowl eligible. So they think they're playing for something, but now a lot of different teams, I'm hoping that they're practicing better. I hope they get better attendance at practice and all the, the stuff that helps build a program because everyone's like, no, we could win. We could really win and compete. And, you know, just, and, and soccer is the most reflective of that where, um, you know, every, every single match, you're going to have to go out there and be prepared. It's also reflective in girls water polo. You've got a Millican team that in any other situation would be like, well, we're not going to beat Wilson. They've also national team talent. They've got, they've got the horses to really get into a division one, division two type situation. But then you've got Millican, they're ranked number one in their division. So like there's so many other teams, you're right, Tyler, who can be playing for something while getting battle tested in these really, really good more league races for a long time. Mike and I have been talking about, Oh, it's really good when the one team separates itself from the rest of the league because then their chances of going farther in the playoffs are better. The numbers reflected that. But now with this playoff expansion, I don't think we can right. say that anymore because, you know, Milliken girls water polo, Wilson boys basketball, matchup nightmares for other teams who just don't play Long Beach style talent week in, which out, week in, week out, which is what Long Beach does. And you mentioned water polo, JJ. The fact that in there are six divisions of water polo, there is a more league team ranked in the top seven in four of those six divisions. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really impressive. So you got Wilson tied for seventh in the division one poll, Milliken at the top of the division two poll, as you mentioned, JJ. Uh, Long Beach Poly, number seven in D3, and Lakewood, number three in division five. So we could be covering a lot of playoff water polo, even if the league games, and we've kind of seen there's some tiered separation between those teams. Even if we don't get a ton of competitive league games, though, Millican Poly could be hopefully uh, uh, could be an exciting game um, this week. But even if we don't, those teams could make a run in the playoffs, and we're excited to see what they can do. Speaking of water, it's been raining a lot in California. Hope everybody <laughs> and their family is doing okay, staying safe, and uh, and not being uh, too adversely affected by this adverse weather. Uh, but I did want to mention, and I think this is just really interesting. So everybody's always laughing, especially on AM radio, about how people can't drive in California when it rains, mostly because they don't have a lot of practice woof, 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 woof. driving in California when it rains. And you've obviously got so many cars here. So like when it first starts raining, you've got the oil slick situation, blah, 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 all that stuff. Wah, 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 wah. These are grown adults, right? Grown yeah. adults who can't figure it out and drive. <laughs> so if you think about children, like a ninth grader, 10th grader in high school, who's been playing soccer their entire life, and then all of a sudden they're playing in a typhoon 
This is like first time experience for a lot of these kids. Like I was just standing on the sideline of that Lakewood Milliken game on Monday. And a lot of the kids were like, I've never done this. I don't, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like it's really slippery out there or it, uh, specifically in the second half, the rain was going right into the Milliken defenders faces. And then Lakewood scores twice. Do you think that's a coincidence? I don't, you know, nobody's going to complain. You can't blame the rain, but, uh, but I don't know. It's like a very interesting twist on this soccer season because a lot of schools in the country don't right. play outdoor sports in the winter for this exact reason. But as a kid in long beach, some of this weather is unprecedented for your playing. So it's like almost like a different season within the season, which I think is really interesting. Well, you know, and it does look like it's going to be a pretty above average rain uh, year for rain, knock on wood, because obviously we need it, but um, it is absolutely unprecedented. If only because this is the first time we've had one of these uh, now they call them atmospheric river years. We used to call them El Nino years when um, JJ and I were kids in the 19 early 1900s when we were <laughs> when we were el ninos <laughs> when we when we were ah. little ninos ourselves um but you know they they had grass fields and so if it was raining with any kind of vigor the game simply got postponed what are they going to um, do at jordan on friday they got a, they got a soccer game scheduled for jordan on friday like you got to that OBCC game man or yeah, you got to go to yeah, you know but 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 i but that is worth noting like you know, the rule is if there's any standing water on the field, the ref would usually call the game off. And on what we used to have these mud fields, you know, the football team had been practicing on it by the time you get to soccer season for like four or five months. So there's not a lot of grass left. It would rain. There's nothing to soak the water up and you would have like lakes. And some of the games they did choose to go and play when it was clear skies, but there was still standing water. And I mean, we saw like a Polly Wilson game yeah. where there's like nine division one signed college soccer players and they're sliding the ball to each other across the top of standing water <laughs> or the ball or the balls rolling to somebody else. And then it just stops. And you're like, Wait, yeah, what? <laughs> but we we've been talking about this because we've never had to figure out how to cover soccer in the rain before because they just had to cancel it if it was raining because of the condition of these fields. The LBUSD and the citizens of Long Beach, they passed that bond that meant everyone except for Jordan has got an upgraded field to play on. And it has been a game changer. It's number one, great for our lives and schedules. You remember when we used to just wipe all the soccer games off the board for the week and then just yeah. go, well, I guess I'm not going to be home next week because we're <laughs> yeah. playing, you know, six meaningful soccer games a day or whatever. Um, so it's great that they're able to play them, but you're absolutely right. It adds a totally historic dimension to the games because these kids have just never played in driving rain before because you couldn't do it until a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a major adjustment and a sport like soccer, one moment, one slip and fall. I mean, we talk about it in football games, right? Where it's yeah. like, cornerback falls down all of a sudden you give up an 80 yard touchdown it's like one goal obviously can completely shift an entire season so um I, there's no real advice for that i guess if you're a coach like if it's raining don't cancel practice because if the games aren't getting canceled y'all got to be ready to play so yeah league changing moments happening every single day obviously you're going to find that content at the 562.org as we do get into this new year let's close with this classic am radio style what are you looking forward to most this year everything coming up this season with obviously the winter sports but look beyond that look into the spring of 2023 look into the fall of 2023 and in the summer is there anything that kind of like piques your interest like for me 
I can't wait to see what Eric Valenzuela does to get this Dirtbags team back on track. A victim of their own success a little bit, having so much success in that first season. And then the next season's cut down by COVID. And then the next season, you know, no, not as good as the first one, but better than the one before he got there. So what does Eric Valenzuela do to get this Dirtbags team back on track? They've got some really interesting home series early in the season that are going to give us a really, really good idea of what they've got going. The guy's a pitching guru. It's what he does. And they have got to rebuild that pitching staff. Uh, they've got some local talent like Miles Patton. That will be fun to watch as well. But can the dirtbags reset their resetitude? You know what I mean? What attitude are they bringing into this season? I'm really curious to see that. Do you guys have something you're really looking forward to this year? And shout out to the video board at, at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. We get to see the new uh, video board. So that, assuming the rain doesn't prevent it from being installed. Fact, <laughs> fact. But that would be interesting to see too. Add that to yours, JJ. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Am I allowed to say Oppenheimer or are we focusing on Long Beach sports? <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, on a Long Stephen Beach Graham sport, Jones has a great new horror book coming out. Definitely <laughs> at the top of my most anticipated list, for There's sure. There's wrong with sharing a little culture here on, uh, on Little AM Radio. No, I think uh, we already kind of whipped ourselves into a frenzy, so maybe this is the obvious answer. But I think I'm going to say winter playoffs, mostly because I want to see – if teams that haven't been in the playoffs in a while, we mentioned Jordan girls basketball, Cabrillo boys basketball. I want to see some different programs get a taste of the playoffs and with the competitive equity that we have in football and how fruitful that has been in the first couple of years with the new way of doing the playoffs. We've seen competitive equity put teams in good positions, and now we just got to see some, you know, finish off some, some championships, hopefully. So I think the winter playoffs has a big spread of ranked teams where we don't know where it's going to come from, but hopefully we'll get um, some CIF championships at a couple different schools. I think that'd be really nice. I have three answers for you. I have a joke Hi. answer. I have a joke answer, a real answer, and a making myself look smart answer. My joke answer Dylan, is Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> my joke answer is uh, who's going to transfer in to be the new quarterback at Milliken. Um, although I am actually very excited to see that. I think uh, everybody is because talk about a league changing move. Yeah. My, um, my real answer is the Long Beach state men's volleyball team, uh, ranked number three in the country, but return, uh, almost everyone from a runner up national champion team last year and added a top three recruiting class in the country, along with a guy they had signed two years ago, who is the number one recruit in the country who has missed the last two years with injury who's able to play this year at outside hitter. So very, very excited to see them. Uh, and then my making myself look smart answer. You guys know, I love to uh, camp out and claim squatters rights on a take. And uh, I have had my eyes on this high school softball season uh, for quite some time, a great influx of young talent in the Moore league, including at schools that uh, we wouldn't normally say that about. And if you look at the divisions, you've got Lakewood in division three, Love Lakewood's chances in Division Three in no softball. Doubt. Great coaching, great athletes, great pride in the tradition of their program. Yep. And then a poly team that is packed with young talent in Division Four, which could be very interesting and could sort of close the circle on still my biggest sports what if from the pandemic was we had a St. Anthony softball team with Tiare Jennings. I think Zeta Puni was on the team, yep. but there was like three major, major softball recruits who were seniors on that team in division four. When the season was canceled due to COVID Tiare Jennings was hitting like 740 and averaging more than one home run per game. Just <laughs> dumb stats. <laughs> and, um, and we're, and we have, 
with some of these freshmen at Poly, you've got some, you know, players who are who are ranked in the in the neighborhood of Tiara Jennings, which is saying quite a bit because she's one of the best athletes we've ever covered. But uh, very excited to see how softball goes. And uh, even though we're still a month away from dropping our previews, that's definitely one that I'm I'm keeping an eye on that could be really fun for us down the stretch uh, to close out the school year. And Mike, that was actually my honorable mention was uh, Milliken softball because the Rams were a win away from a CIF yep. championship and they lost one starter right? And, and are basically have everybody back, appear to be just taking another leap forward to be even better this year. Their experience, the expectations are there. They've been through the playoffs. They've won more league the last two years. So, you know, it's no longer the first uh, year for with a new head coach. There's that adjustments out of the way. That might be the best softball team we've gotten a chance to cover. And if they were already on the verge of a championship, what are they going to look like now? So uh, we could be covering some deep runs in multiple softball divisions. That would be tight. So I just wanted to pin that on as well. Good call, Mike. Yeah, that's that's a great call. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. We got to get back to work again. I, I must say, please. Are we not being that, paid for this? Does this not work? Hit that subscribe button. This is the fun part, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I, when I log into the AM radio, Mad Dog Mike expects to be compensated for his work. That's all I'm saying. I didn't realize. I punched the clock back here. I didn't. I didn't realize uh, we're starting work when we were done recording the podcast. But noted. <laughs> Noted from Slim Jim over there. What, what was your name? Oh, actually, Slim Jim is really good. I like that a lot. You gotta you gotta snap it to the Slim Jim sometimes. <laughs> Keep everybody on their toes. Uh, but yeah, we're really excited for this winter season. As we said, uh, make sure you get involved. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over the place, bringing you everything Long Beach sports. Let us know how you're feeling about what we said today, what you want to hear on this show down the road. I mean, we want the introductions. We want all that stuff, but we also want inclusion. Let us know what you guys want to hear about local sports. Uh, And stay safe out there, man. Drive slow, homie. Like, just take it easy, everybody. Let this rain pass, and we'll come out of this thing on the other side and uh, find out if there's gold on the end of the rainbow. So for Tyler and for Mike and for JJ and for everybody for Slim Dog and Mad Dog Mike. (laughs) 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 What about Tyler? Uh, We love you, Long Beach, and we'll see you soon. Stay dry out there.